0: In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is The Camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to The Camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. He is Jesse Temple. We're live from Phoenix, getting ready for the Guaranteed Rate Bowl tonight. I don't know how much we'll talk about the game. I don't know how much people are interested in the game. We'll talk a little bit about it, but I feel like a lot of people are going to be listening to this maybe not before the game so uh we'll give our predictions a little bit we'll we'll talk about some of maybe what we're looking for and, and interested in uh but first jesse i wanted to uh touch it, touch base we went to top golf last night um it's now a two-year tradition it's the the second annual trip to top, top golf with some of the media members um we had uh, a good time golfing and uh, a good time with some uh refreshments as well
1: I always say that bowl games are rewards for beat writers too. (laughs) And in a year (laughs) like this, we earned it. So go crazy folks.
0: Yeah. Do you have a good time though?
1: Yeah, it was a good time. It was a, you know, rough morning, but just (laughs) continue continuing the tradition
0: of Cohen going out to a bowl game. I'm I'll say this. I'm glad kickoffs at 8 15 PM. Yeah, definitely. I would not be good for those, uh, uh, an early morning kick for, uh, for Jesse Temple, but uh Wisconsin will take on Oklahoma State tonight. I, I wanted to start, though. Um, yesterday, you got an opportunity to chat with Luke Fickle and some other players at Media Day. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the guys were the same guys we got to talk to last week, um, or maybe it was week four uh, during bowl prep. But did you gain any knowledge from Media Day maybe not about the game, but anything moving forward, Uh, maybe like what Braylon Allen's idea of the offense is going to look like, or, you know, Chez Malusi, how he's going to fit in. Anything that you were able to gather from that uh, time with the Badgers?
1: Yeah, the story that I wrote out of it uh, had nothing to do with the bowl game because people are more interested in Luke Fickle in the future. Um, I don't know if this fits into your category, but it was really what I wanted to learn was how – Fickle is trying to develop relationships with these guys over this last month. Cause that's basically the first point that he made when, when he was hired and he had his introductory press conference, he talked about the value of building what he called trust, respect, and love. And I think sometimes with certain coaches, you just wonder, and I'm not saying I thought this about Fickle, but you just wonder how much is lip service and how much is, is this who this guy is and not having covered Fickle and not having talked to players about him. You just don't know, but, He's really made a concerted effort in this month to try and learn who these people are. Um, obviously there were initial one-on-ones in his office the first couple of days when he was hired. And look, some of that had to do with, I got to figure out who's in and who's out and who I can try to bring back into the fold on the roster. Obviously they were able to get a couple guys who were in the portal back with Marcus Allen and Michael Fertney, but somebody like Braylon Allen, a huge piece to this team going to be a huge piece next season. And Fickle talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but that they had actually bonded over their shared passion for wrestling Um, which I had forgotten actually that Braylon was a pretty damn good wrestler. I found some YouTube video of him wrestling at the 16 under like Iowa folk style nationals and he crushed it. Um, So apparently they're going to go to a game or a match. I think January 6th, Wisconsin's wrestling teams playing Penn state at the UW field house. So that's part of it, but in terms of how they'll fit in, I did have a chance um, at least a little bit to talk to those guys and, Ches Malusi had told reporters, I think it was the week before Fickle was hired, that he planned to come back for a fifth year. And he said that he didn't really waver in that when Jim Leonard didn't get the job and and Fickle was hired. But he needed to have that conversation. And he came away feeling like, yeah, I could just see it in his face. And same with Braylon. What they believe is possible in this offense for the future, not only under Fickle, but obviously under Phil Longo, who's coming in from North Carolina. It just excites them. Um, and that's something that Malusi said and Braylon feels like that he and Chez can do what the two running backs at UNC did a couple of years ago, because there were 2000 yard rushers in the same season at North Carolina, which is kind of crazy to think about, but that appears to be what Longo has been talking to them about and, and what he envisions. Um, and I asked him uh, Braylon, what excited him about his role. For next season the new offense and kind of like chez there's you just it felt like there was joy in their faces which sounds sort of silly but the first thing he said was running into six-man boxes (laughs) and he said not like every week knowing that he's not going to have to necessarily face eight nine guys in the box on every single play and he talked about just being in an offense that's more spread out more of a threat to throw the ball deep more consistently and loosening up defense because he feels like they have the guys on the outside to make plays in space, but that also puts less of the stress on Braylon and Ches. And so he thinks they can be dynamic. So to answer your question, that was one of the bigger takeaways was just having an opportunity to hear from these guys about what they've heard from Longo and what they believe is possible for them in this offense. And I know we're going to be spending months talking about this And spring practice. will probably be the most fascinating spring that, that we've experienced covering this team because it's just a whole new offense, but it feels like things are changing and potentially for the better given that Wisconsin's offense has been so inconsistent the last three plus years.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. We're you're right. We do have plenty of time to talk about it. I am anxious to talk to Phil Longo. Uh,
1: yes. I really you know, want to hear from him.
0: Right. Cause that's, that's the guy that a lot of people are looking towards and, Fickle's the, the head coach, but there's going to be a significant change offensively. And that's the guy that you want to talk to and, uh, you know, get a little bit of a feel of what his vision is going to be, because you have to adapt to the personnel that you have. And I, I think he did that at North Carolina. Um, when it was a little bit when they had those two running backs the way they had it the first two years and then they had to change things up a little bit uh and, and go through things differently the last two years where they didn't necessarily have um those type of tailbacks and, and that type of offensive line to be able to run the ball the way they did those first two years but um i'm i'm interested to to talk to him I'm interested to talk to the the entire new staff whenever that is announced whenever that comes together it's something that's still apparently in flux um but the other thing that i i I was flying out, so I didn't go to media day. But when I was um, looking through some tweets, I saw a tweet from, from Evan talking about John, uh, Evan Flood talking about John Torchio. And John Torchio, for, throughout this entire process, it felt like that he was not going to take advantage of his sixth year. And then he said yesterday that he has an announcement, he'll have, make an announcement after the game. Um, I saw him get carried off the field yesterday. Yeah, You know you know how they do the senior carry off, the the... Uh, the final practice of every year, the seniors get the everyone wears somebody else's jersey, and then they carry the seniors off the field. And he was one of the guys that got carried off. So, what announcement is that going to be? If it's if he's going to play another college year at college, why would he get carried off, unless he's perhaps doing it somewhere else?
1: It's hard for me to know, and that was sort of cryptic. that Just because you've got an answer doesn't mean you're necessarily coming back. And obviously, everybody has the option with the COVID year, even someone who's a fifth year senior can come back for a sixth year. We saw Tyler Beach just do it this past year. I don't know what kind of conversations he's had with Fickle. Um, I'd have to imagine that the staff would be open to having a starter who's had success come back um, as opposed to just saying, see, we want to have our own people in there, but everything that we've heard leading up to this would lead us to believe that this is it for him. But I don't know. Maybe there's a change of heart. Maybe, really enjoyed those conversations it's i don't know what to say other than it's pure speculation and i don't know what the decision is going to be but i think there are some other people that could have those kinds of decisions to make um i wonder if is wisconsin going to add another transfer quarterback which has been the goal if they don't would would chase wolf want to come back um Mm. i i just i don't know i mean the this is part of the fact that there is a lot of there are a lot of options with this roster in terms of there are still plenty of people that they need to fill it out. And I have no doubt that they're going to hit the recruiting trail hard before the February signing period and try to get more transfers. But if you can add a piece who understands this program and has been there for a while and you've got several spots to fill, obviously Fickle is going to explore all, all options, but. I can't say I know either way what's going to happen with some of those those veterans.
0: What you know when you when you look at the roster and those six year guys, potential six year guys, which one would help them the most? Do you think
1: that could that we think realistically might come back? Yeah. Well, like, obviously the like numbers obviously are keep, dwindling.
0: Um, she's like Keanu Benton ain't coming back, right? So, no. Like, but I'm talking about you know guys yeah. that so there's
1: a I think there's a couple and the the list is obviously small because we've had some guys transfer Grendo Jalen Franklin Keanu's going to the NFL but what I Isaiah Mullins on the defensive line like he was not one of the 15 uh names who was there on senior day correct who's that Isaiah Mullins
0: he was not um and it was interesting when his brother committed yeah uh or as a you know as a transfer he was like oh one more season isaiah so <laughs> uh, feels like a possibility
1: right so there's that i mean you know we know michael is coming back they obviously need they need to build out depth on the o line even though there's a lot of talent i think that's an important piece trillian blaylock like
0: yeah, he, he's he missed graduated. so much time yeah.
1: and and they need help at safety i mean I would assume again, if Torchio is not there. Um, so I think those are a few that initially stand out to me. We know Alexander Smith is coming back, right? Um,
0: well, he was, he he was, no one's talked to him since, but he was not one of the guys that got carried off yesterday. So again, we're having to read tea leaves because we haven't gotten to t- talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the circle of players we've been able to chat with ha- is pretty small at this point, but I, I would assume he's back. Yes.
1: So those are the guys that initially stand out A CJ gets, um,
0: yep. That was, yep. Another guy was not among the guys that were introduced on senior day.
1: So to me, these are the possibilities. And again, when in a lot of these instances and some are, but nothing's confirmed with some others, just because as you said, we've not talked to very many people. This has been a unique circumstance generally for, I guess this is a little inside baseball, but if you're listening, you probably like to go down that rabbit hole and bowl prep, the access, diminishes significantly just because it's not really a normal season but this year in particular with luke fickle coming on board he was the only person that we talked to really other than one day um in madison they made was it six players available and that yep. was it and then on monday out in scottsdale they made five players available and four of them were the same with uh so Mumajong Jong a john torchio Chimre DK, Braylon Allen, and then they made Ches Malusi available, which was the first time he'd been available this during this December stretch here. So that's it. And because of that, sometimes it's hard for us to know what what these guys are thinking since we haven't had an opportunity to speak to them.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that that is the addition, obviously, in, in thinking about 2023, but 2024 got a huge boost, uh, or say, a huge, a huge boost. Yeah this week or this weekend with the commitment of four-star quarterback Mabry metower. Uh Is that how you say it? Am I, I'm not pronouncing it right. Let me look. Mettower? I've heard him, met, him pronounce it. Met, Mettower? Mettower, uh, I think met, it is. Mettower. All right. Uh, you tell me. You you talk to him.
1: Well, I have the pronunciation guide in Did the you story ask him? is Mettire? Did you ask him? No, but it's, his pronunciation guide is uh, his older brother plays at Oklahoma, and I saw in his bio.
0: Yeah, so
1: all it's Matt Tire.
0: Matt Tire. All right. Matt maybe Maybe Matt Tire. Either way, committed to Wisconsin. He was a guy that was offered by the old staff. Paul Chris visited, I believe, for the Washington State game. Loved everything about his visit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except for one significant yeah. thing. And, and you'll get into that in a second, but then he also was offered by Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. He was offered by Phil Longo at UNC. And I think if Phil Longo had not come to Wisconsin, it was still at at uh, North Carolina. I think that's maybe where Met tower ends up. Um, so either way uh, he did like everything about Wisconsin, except for uh, one pretty significant thing.
1: Yeah. When I was talking to him about this for, for the story on him committing, that was how he laid it out. And he was talking because he did go to the Washington state game and he liked obviously how big the offensive linemen were, how talented the running backs, the defensive players were the game day atmosphere, the coaches. And he said something. And I, I can't remember what he said now, but I followed up because he sort of hinted that there was something that he didn't really what like. And he, I said, what was that? And he goes, eh, it wasn't my favorite offense, <laughs> which I thought was a great response because he's being honest. And if we're all being honest, I think we would probably agree if if you had to watch that. And that's I interesting- have had to watch that. <laughs> Interestingly enough, that was a game where Graham Mertz played fairly well, threw for under 200 yards. I think it was 18 for 31, two touchdown passes. Um, I mean, he wasn't the reason that Wisconsin lost that game. But you go and you watch the team for the first time and the offense can't score and loses a 17-14 in a game is favored to win, that can have an impact when, when you're a quarterback and just the offense in general. But I, you are absolutely right about the relationship with Phil Longo. If Phil Longo's at North Carolina right now, I think Mabry's going to UNC. To me, there's no coach out there, assistant coach, that he developed a better relationship with than Longo because he loved the air raid offense system and, and maybe is a dual threat kid. And I think he is such an intriguing prospect. And part of what I wrote about in the story is that to me, this sort of signifies what is possible in terms of recruiting with this kind of new offense, because there's, there's an appeal here of a different and potentially dynamic offensive system. And all you have to do is look at this commitment. he, he had twenty. He has so far, and I know there will be more. Twenty scholarship offers from Power Five programs. He picked Wisconsin over North Carolina and Kansas State, and he was greatly intrigued by the fact that, as any great quarterback would be, the, that Longo's last two quarterbacks in North Carolina were Sam Howell, who set twenty-seven school records, and Drake May, who finished tenth in Heisman Trophy voting this past season. And I think this is a quarterback. While you may mistake him for Trevor Lawrence, because um, he's six foot five and a half and 220 pounds. His dad told me he thinks he'll be 230 pounds by the start of his senior season. But you watch some of the highlights, and I know that anytime you do that, it's kind of with a grain of salt because you're looking at the very best, not the horrible plays that someone's literally make.
0: called. It's literally called highlights.
1: It is, but it gives you a glimpse. I, some of it's sort of jaw-dropping for a dude that big. I mean, there, there's a couple plays from his, his huddle film where he'll, he'll take the snaps. He plays in a shotgun system which is i think obviously going to fit him at Wisconsin from what we know about what Longo wants to do but yes. there's there's a there's a read option there's defensive end closing in on the running back so he keeps it and he outruns the whole defense 57 yards down the sideline and there's another play where he throws the ball 64 yards in the air that yeah. that the guy catches so he's he's got mobility he's got a big arm he's incredibly confident which most top 20 25 quarterbacks are well, I, he had a great line where he said, if, "If I'm not getting touched, we're winning games." And I don't know, I don't know what it's going to look like with with the O line and all of that. But if if they if they can keep him upright and they, I assume plan to get the ball out quickly and get the ball to playmakers in space, um, I think he's going to have a, a chance to have some success. I know there's still a year until he actually signs, but a quarterback with that size and that kind of arm talent has the chance to be really special. And what's interesting is. His whole family's big. He was six foot two as an eighth grader. He played on the offensive line and he was a blocking tight end. And then this is his dad told me they put him at like a wing back and a wing tee. He would just blow people up, just pancake them. And he's got an older brother, McCade, who's six, four and 305 pounds started on the O line for Oklahoma this past season after being a three-year starter at Cal. So there's obviously football runs in the family. He's had some relatives who played at Texas A&M, but I think he's a really intriguing prospect and I go back to, I think this is, this is just really interesting because these are the kinds that kid kids that I don't know if Wisconsin was, we going to get, and I'm not going to sit here and say like, the Badgers couldn't get good players out of high school. Obviously Graham Mertz was highly rated, but now the now the next step is can you develop them and, and make them play at the high level that we saw Longo's quarterbacks play out at, at North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I believe he's the third highest rated quarterback Wisconsin has signed, uh, You know, not including transfers, obviously, with with Nick Evers, but behind Graham Mertz and behind Bart Houston are the only two that uh, they've re- recruited uh, that were higher, higher ranked than them. So uh, what Wisconsin has at that quarterback spot now is intriguing. Yeah. How does that help the rest of the recruiting? Because you would think getting a quarterback this early in the class is obviously huge for them, and you know, you look what they did at quarterback in the last class. Uh, nothing against Colo Crew, but he came in very, very. He came into the class very, very late. I think a quarterback is just so vital to helping you recruit the rest of that that class, kind of like Graham did um, yeah. with with his group.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Is when when Graham came in in the 2019 class, he remember he committed in, I believe it was October of 2017, extremely early in that class, and that allows. If you've got a quarterback who's confident in himself. They want to play with really good players and they will be willing to put in the work to reach out to those players, to try to convince them to come. And that's something Mabry's talked about too. He wants to have a say in the people that he wants to play with. Um, And so I think it's going to be vital. So he's the second commitment in the 2024 class for Wisconsin. The other one is cornerback Austin Alexander, but to get a guy of that caliber this early is really important. Um, I'll be very interested to see, who it is that he's able to talk to and try and convince to come to Wisconsin. There's obviously, like I said, a whole year until the signing period, but this is exactly what Wisconsin needs to kickstart the momentum in the, in the next recruiting class.
0: Yes, uh, definitely is. And we'll, again, we talked to John McNamara last week on our early signing period special. And we asked him some of the guys in 2024 to keep an eye out. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you can go back and listen to that. And um, he'll give you a better idea of some of the guys that they're going after. And even some of the guys are continuing to go after here in the 2023 class as they try and fill that out with potentially offensive line and, and defensive line help. And we'll see where they go uh with the transfers as well. All right. A few minutes here on the game tonight. Um Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Badgers favored by three and a half. This feels like a ne- this feels like a preseason game. Um so if you bet on it, uh you, you, Good luck to just, you. I'm, I'm just telling you it's uh it's a crapshoot. But you were able to go to practice on uh, On Sunday, yeah, on Sunday, and had a chance to watch like 15 minutes. Did you gather anything that we could potentially uh, have to to know for the game tonight?
1: Not very much. You'll be shocked okay. to know that they that they did not do a whole lot during that open session. Um, I think it's safe to say that Chase Wolf is the likely starter at quarterback and I I look Wisconsin's football team on its Twitter account put out some pictures and there was an image of Chase taking a snap from center Tanner Bordellini which is obviously the first team starter Um, can read into that what you will I know there are some Badgers fans who might be bemoaning that and I think it's an interesting situation in general because people want to know what the future holds and people Want I, My sense is there are fans who would really like to see Miles Burkett get a shot. He's a, a true freshman. He's got his red shirt in the bag, even if he plays. And he's got a lot of potential. And I just wrote about this not too long ago. I absolutely will not rule him out in any quarterback race, at least at this point, unless they get a six-year guy who's got multiple years of starter, uh, as a starter. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent. On the other hand, Chase has been a, a career backup. He is the backup this season. And I think this is a situation where it's about this game and what, what gives Wisconsin the best chance to win. Um, But I also wouldn't be surprised if we saw both of them. And that's me speculating. This is, as you said, most bowl games are exhibitions, but no bowl game has felt more like an exhibition than this one where you have so many guys who aren't there, which is why it's hard to predict who's going to win. I'd really like to see both of those guys play. I think Chase has certainly earned the opportunity and it would be, I mean, that would be a total bummer if you go your whole career and you finally have this chance to start and then they just go with the freshman to see the future. On the other hand, I'd like to see what that freshman has to offer in, in a setting where it's not just reserve time late in the game.
0: You did see, didn't they do like this run-on thing, run-off thing at practice?
1: Yeah, that was really kind of the only thing that that I saw um, right before I left. They did it, uh, it was basically a drill uh, like a, a special teams drill where you're trying to get a play in, and then the the kicker comes in with there's no time on the clock, so they yeah. got to run onto the field. I think Michigan State did that, right? When when Michigan State Correct. played Wisconsin, it yep. was basically that situation. And Chase was the one who who ran on and off the field. But I, I mean, again, everything I say, no, understand. it was Wisconsin that's, that did it. Was it
0: Wisconsin? Wisconsin did it. and Michigan State called the timeout.
1: Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. Like that's it. That's the only <laughs> thing I saw. Um,
0: and who's and who is the quarterback in that? That's Chase, is what I'm okay. saying. all yeah. right. So it feels like that's that's the way it's going to go. I think you also got to see what the offense line may look like tonight.
1: Uh, yeah, I I think we could see, um, Trey. With at, at,
0: yeah, with Tanner at center, obviously there's there's right. an opening at guard, and right. no, and no Tyler Beach, so
1: right. So I think we would see Trey Wedig. At left guard. I know he's been in a lot of different spaces, but like that makes sense because Jack Nelson's still there. So he's left tackle. Michael Fertney was in the portal for a week. Well, what did he miss one practice? Um, yep. I, think, I think you can forgive him for that. And he's been a right guard. Um, and and obviously right tackle Riley Mallman. I think he's your best right tackle. So I think that would be fair to say you could expect a lineup that looks like that. And that's, that's a, that's a very talented group uh, with a lot of guys who, I mean, if they play well, I think that could be a huge springboard for for next season. And Maybe you can debate the merits of how much a bowl game actually springboards you into uh, your next game, which isn't for eight months. But I feel like a lot of us have been waiting for this offensive line to take the next step because of how much talent we believe is there. So I think it's a really good opportunity for that group.
0: One young guy you're uh, looking to see or wanting to see tonight, other than Miles Burkett. Ooh. Yeah, maybe not even a young guy. Maybe a guy that's been around that is getting an opportunity. A guy like Caden Johnson who's been around yeah. but is finally getting a, a a better opportunity with Nick Herbig not there.
1: Yeah, that was actually going to be the, that was the first name okay. that I thought of. Even though it may not necessarily be the most exciting answer, but the, you can view this game I think through a couple of lenses. Obviously, all three captains are not playing in this game. Graham is off to Florida. Herbig and, and Benton have declared for the draft, but much like on the O-line where you don't have Joe Titman who's declared for the draft, where you don't have Beach. There's a lot of opportunity for guys to show what they can be next season. And Caden Johnson, I mean, he came in as a four-star guy for Minnesota. That was a, a, another, I think, really big pickup in recruiting. And hasn't we haven't necessarily seen him in this kind of role. Um, I don't know how much of the young, young guys we'll see. Like, you know, could you see it? Of Vinny Anthony or somebody like that get involved in the offense a little bit more I think there are a few of those kinds of guys that it would, it would be interesting to see but Johnson was one that came to mind
0: yeah for sure all right let's get into a few of these Twitter questions um, Frank says uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on what Dean Ingram and Jake Chaney do after the yeah. game with their dad's coaching situations uh, what, what do you think So Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Jake Cheney's father, who was a coach, high school coach down in Florida, took a job, I believe, as the defensive line coach at Colorado under Deion Sanders, uh, an assistant in some form under Deion Sanders at Colorado. And obviously, um, Bobby Ingram not going to be back at Wisconsin, likely. So there is, uh, you know, Dean was here before. He may not be happy with his playing time, so though that has picked up of late considering it's his dad's his dad's call, you know, I don't know how bad he could be, you know, how <laughs> um, upset he can be. Um, I guess it's not necessarily I guess it, Alva Switted has a role in that. But what do you think? What do you do you think either of those guys leave with their dads uh, in your situations?
1: I wish I had an answer for this question because um it's really interesting in unique circumstances. And I just have no idea because I haven't talked to either guy. So it's really hard to speculate on what each guy wants to do. Dean's been in this program for a long time. He was here well before his dad became offensive coordinator and you'd think that he's built some pretty good relationships. And the thing is, what what's he going to do is does Bobby Ingram have something lined up? Because if he doesn't, I mean, is Dean going to leave? And because he's upset with the way things, you know, transpired with his dad. I mean, I think the Colorado situation is at least a little different because there's something solidified with, with Chaney and, and Colorado is now a really intriguing program with Sanders um, in charge. But at the same time, Chaney's got a, an opportunity at inside linebacker to have a bigger role, and he started to this season. So I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if both stayed, but I also wouldn't be surprised if – I think I'd be more surprised if both left, to be honest with you, than, than if both stayed.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good – that's a safe bet. The next one says, uh, do you find it odd at all that Paul Chris hasn't said anything since he's been fired.
1: No, not at all. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Well, in part, he signed something um, when he made this agreement, not to essentially not to say anything negative about the situation. Um, but I don't, I mean, Paul's not the type of guy to do these, do those interviews. And certainly people have reached out to him to, to do them. Um, but no, I mean, what, what's he going to say? I, I'm, I think this is a lot to process i mean i remember when i wrote the story about um kind of what what transpired leading up to the decision that, that there were a couple of people who had talked to paul that said he was blindsided by the decision so that no i'm i'm not surprised at all and i don't know i don't want to say ever that's a long time i imagine if he has a job somewhere he's going to be asked about this situation but i don't think we'll ever hear very much from him on on how this all went down
0: Another one says, uh, assuming Jim Leonard coaching in the bowl game means he's not taking another college job, where is he next year? An NFL DC, or or does he take in the year off? Um, Yeah, I
1: won't be I mean, again, we have not talked to Jim since all this happened. The last time we spoke to him was after the Minnesota game, and that was November 26th, so that was over a month ago. But there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if he takes the year off. Like, to me... He's in no rush to just pick something to pick something. I think he is extremely thoughtful in his decisions, obviously. Um, we know based on the decisions that he made to coach at Wisconsin, to stay at Wisconsin, that fit is probably the most important thing of all, the group of people that he wants to be around. So there's a part of me that wonders whether he'll just take this year off and regroup because this has been – emotionally mentally draining in a a way this year in a way that i don't think any other season that he's been here in the seven years uh has been because of everything he was tasked with trying to achieve and feeling like he was potentially going to be the head coach and not getting it so if i had to pick and i know a lot of these questions come down to us speculating i just wouldn't be surprised if he takes a little bit of time off to reassess what's the best decision for me in my future
0: It's definitely tough to to speculate, especially when it comes to him, um, because as we know, unless he says it, it's one of those things that I don't know that anybody knows what he's thinking.
1: I think that's fair. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, Yeah, that's exactly right. Because there are other times where I thought he would make a decision and he didn't. And I think I've mentioned this on previous shows too. But you remember the first time we had a chance to talk to him during the zoom days of the COVID era, um, after he turned down the green Bay Packers and I asked him something to the effect of that, basically that felt like a job that you, you might've taken. So, um, why didn't you take it? And, and he said, you know, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, what happens when people assume, um, people, people have a lot of thoughts on what they think I should be doing. Um, which obviously he's got his own thoughts and, and he makes his own decisions. So that's that's part of why it's difficult to predict because just because you think something might fit him, he may not feel the same way.
0: Definitely. Uh, I like this one from Beers and Taco. He says, gun to your head, Luke Fickle or Jim Leonard for the next 20 years? So
1: I think I've thought about this quite a bit here the last month since this is what we do for a living, maybe I should occupy my thoughts with other things, <laughs> but I mean, I I was one of the people who wrote a column after the Nebraska game saying that Jim had earned the right to be the head coach next season because of, of all the positive things that he had done. Now this was before the face planted against Minnesota, which again, we can go back to how much stock you want to put in the offense being terrible, whether that's Jim's fault um, since that was not his staff, but I feel bad for Jim and the way this went down. I, I like Jim as a person. I enjoy talking to him. And at the same time, I feel like Wisconsin is in a better place now. Chris McIntosh has some stones <laughs> to, to fire Paul in the middle of the season to get what I think is the best offseason coaching hire of the college football carousel it just feels like Wisconsin is better positioned for the future. Now, 20 years is a really long time. I don't know if you can expect anybody to be in one place for 20 years in this day and age, Um, but like for the next five years, 10 years, I feel like they're in the best possible situation they could be based on where they were. And that's no knock on Jim. I I think he would have been an excellent coach here. But like I said before, it's sort of, he's where Luke Fickle was six, seven years ago and Fickle went out and proved it in Cincinnati and led the Bearcats to the college football playoff first non power five conference team to do that so having said all that i think wisconsin is in the best possible situation with luke fickle in charge
0: i don't think you could go wrong with either one yeah but the i proved, think that's fair but the, but the proven option probably would be the better choice um, yeah yet again jim leonard has rarely failed at anything that he's done on the, in sports so it's it's, it's 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 tough it's tough um but gun to my head, I'd, I'd probably go with the experience choice. And that yeah. was the question. And so that's that's what we're going to go with.
1: Yeah, um, that's where I am. And I I have so much, obviously, respect for Jim and everything that he's done here. Um, but even in this first month, and I get this, get this question a lot, and it's hypothetical that we can't know. From a recruiting perspective and, and roster management, I mean, can you think of a better spot Wisconsin could be in after just one month based on all that's happened? And I don't know what Jim would have done as a coach probably would have been a lot harder with him actually coaching in the game and getting the team ready. But to me, that's just sort of a signal of where things feel like they're headed in terms of transforming the offense and getting players in that can help elevate Wisconsin to a new level.
0: Yeah. Jim Leonard didn't have the benefit of having, you know, two four-star guys and a three-star guy that could bring with him from another Cincinnati. Yeah. So you're that's, 100% that's correct. That's where it's a little bit difficult, but I people point to that and be like, yes, he's he's not really doing anything. Well, he got those kids to Cincinnati. You don't think he's going to be able to get those kids to Wisconsin uh, moving forward? I I think they will. Uh, All right, real quick predictions for tonight. What do you (laughs) what do you got putting on the putting on the spot that no one will remember?
1: Flip a coin. I don't know. I'll pick Wisconsin because Oklahoma State has even more roster turnover this bowl season. I have no idea. I mean, the fact we can't even tell you who's going to be the quarterback for all four quarters necessarily shows you that there's a lot up in the air, but I think Wisconsin will play well. I think they'll be motivated because this is Jim Leonard's last game here, by the way. And I think that's a big deal for this group. They love Jim. They wanted him to be the head coach and they're never going to have an opportunity to play for him in this capacity again. And I, I, even though Luke is the head coach um, for the game, which doesn't happen often, it's essentially a figurehead. Jim is still running a lot of this, certainly from the defensive side. So to me, I think that's a really big deal. I just do. And a lot of times in bowl games, it comes down to motivation and that's really important.
0: I agree. I think Wisconsin does play with a little bit of fire. And it's not just Jim Leonard. I think it's also making a first impression on your Mm -hmm. new coach. The guys that are still going to be around, I think wanting to play well for him, it adds up. We'll see. It's a, it's a battle of backup quarterbacks, no matter how you look at it. That's just the way it is. Whoever else is on the field, it's a game that doesn't mean a ton realistically, but I think there is stuff to play for if you're if you're Wisconsin for sure. And man, I'm sure there's probably things from the Oklahoma State side that they're that they want to play for too. But it, for Wisconsin, it's pretty clear um, a couple of different things for them. So I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Wisconsin as well. I don't know what the score is gonna be, but I, I'll, I'll take Wisconsin. We'll see how it plays out. Badgers and Oklahoma State tonight at Chase Field, guaranteed right bowl in Phoenix. Kickoff is eight fifteen central. Are you going to be able to stay up late enough, Jesse? Are you going to be? Gonna, are you going to? You going to take a nap here?
1: I'm going to let you edit that because it's eight fifteen Mountain, which means it's even oh, more ridiculously bad. late. My
0: bad. You can. I don't need to edit it. it was, I, I made the mistake. It was eight fifteen our time, nine fifteen central. So uh, it's going to be a late one. Are you going to be able to stay up?
1: I made the unfortunate decision, or maybe fortunate. I'm going to go play eighteen at Camelback.
0: Oh, you got it. You got in.
1: I got in. You, it, you would not believe how much it costs to go play. Well, maybe you would. I've never, I'm, i never spent this much in my life playing golf. But you're only out here once. It's 158 dollars just to go play, and 58 dollars to rent some clubs. So, uh, is that the media? You, you deal? You got to do it? it. I don't know. I don't even think there is a media deal to be honest, <laughs> dude. So because,
0: man, you think about it, the the place we're staying right now is significantly more expensive than, oh my god, uh, than we're, what we're paying right now. Oh yeah, it is.
1: So I'm going to go duff it around and look like an idiot and in turn probably be exhausted to go cover this game, which um, nobody cares, but we'll end at midnight our time uh, out here in Phoenix. And, you know, I'll probably send my story when everyone's asleep at 3 a.m. So I'll try to make it. I'll do my best.
0: All right. Sounds good, man. There he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to the camp.